How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer back here with another great episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And today we've got my favorite person in the world, literally, Maddie Fryer, my wife. Uh, Maddie is a mindset expert. She's worked with uh, over 700 different coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs. Uh, She's worked with seven-figure business owners, eight-figure business owners, brand new starting entrepreneurs. Uh, She's worked with professional athletes. She's worked with professional musicians, Hollywood actors, uh, the, the entire gamut of things. Um, now you're not going to want to miss this because in this, we dig into Maddie's story, how she overcame, uh, health issues like PCOS naturally and how to overcome, uh, other health issues like autoimmune disorders naturally. We're going to dig into uh, a lot of the, the subconscious power and the power of the mind, uh, that it has to accomplish your goals as well as healing the body. Um, we're also going to talk about our story, how we met, uh, which is absolutely amazing and inspirational because you know when we met, we were living 9,000 miles apart. And we're also going to dig into the one tip that can help anybody who's single find their soulmate. So uh, you're not going to want to miss this episode. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews. And for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest in Madagascar and provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So give us a review and you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we are back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College, and we've got my wife, Maddie Fryer, here with us today. Maddie, welcome to the show, babe. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, It's hard not to. You're so far away. Uh, You live incredibly far, so I'm glad you made it here. I'm glad the commute wasn't too bad. Yeah, I mean, it took us a few episodes to get here, so I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I thought I was going to be the first, so Craig, you got me there. She's she's a little bit upset that this is not the first episode. Yeah, I'm a little cut, which you Americans won't even know what that is, but... Welcome to a life, uh, the life that we live. I don't understand half the stuff that she says. Um, so, babe, uh, I want to start off for, for you know, obviously we're going to dig into, we're going to dig into a little bit around like our relationship, how we met, because I think the way that we met is very unorthodox. And I think whenever anybody hears it, it's, it's, I think it's inspiring. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we've had to tell it on stage in front of hundreds of people yeah. before and, and do it on podcasts and things like that. So I want to talk a little bit about how we met. Um, obviously, your journey to where you are right now, I think, is really important. And you know, obviously, to me, you are 
the most inspiring person that I've ever met. Otherwise, I wouldn't wouldn't have married you. Yeah. Um, so I want to dig into some of the things that make you that person, if you don't mm-hmm. mind allowing me to poke and prod a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to before we get into that, I'd love for you to just give everybody who doesn't know Maddie Fryer uh, maybe like a three-minute history of how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Um, so I guess starting probably with my nursing career, I think, would be the best place to start. So I uh, I was definitely one of those people that got out of school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, and so directly out of school, I ended up doing nursing, thinking that I was potentially going to want to do medicine because I got good grades. And it's like, when you do that, what do you do? You either do like med or engineering or like law, one of those kind of ones. So I was like, all right, let's pick med. Like it's going to be good money, good career, blah, blah, blah. So like that was my kind of thinking. Yeah. Um, and I went into nursing and I just saw the industry and it was really not at all what I – really advocate for it was very disjointed yeah. very dismantled um i think a lot of people have that feeling when they get into the mm-hmm. the, the healthcare industry right mm-hmm. they do it because they want to help people they want to save lives and then they see a lot of what's behind the scenes yeah and i think for me a lot of things just never made sense uh, and i think you know i was brought up luckily with you know my mom always taught us a lot of alternative medical type stuff and yeah. so you know just a lot of the the western medical model never really made sense to me so i just started you know, questioning what I wanted to do when I was nursing for about seven years while I was trying to figure it out. That's crazy. So for anybody else that's doing what they're doing for, you know, five, seven, ten years and questioning it the whole time, you're not alone. Don't worry. Yeah, it's right? crazy to think about that. But in that in the time that I was nursing, I tried. Um, I personally uh, got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is just a disorder that basically interrupts your hormones. So I kind of went on my own health journey and as I was doing that, I was like, well, maybe I want to do like acupuncture because yeah. that was really helping me. And so I studied traditional and you, Chinese you, medicine. You went down that path because like when you found out you had PCOS, what, was the traditional medical system not really helping you? Like, No. So basically like I went and I was going By the way, guys, it. I do know these things. I'm, I'm asking for <laughs> your sake, just to be, just to be clear here. Okay. Um, yeah, no. So I, um, I was probably like 19 or 20 or something at the time and I basically, you know, went there and I had some tests done and they were like, yep, you're diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And they basically were like, just go back on the pill. And when you want to have kids, come back to us and we'll give you like hormone replacement therapy or, you know, worst case scenario, yeah. IVF. And I'm like, dude, I'm like 19 years old. Like, yeah. this is insane. And, and you know, I started doing my own research because I knew that that frankly just wasn't okay with me. That's crazy that that's what they told you the answer was. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's such a common illness as well or disease or whatever you want to call it diagnosis it's so incredibly common and people just think that they have to live with it same for things like endometriosis and there's just so many things and I think luckily I was like I'm not okay with that yeah. like so I started going down and doing my own research and figuring out you know it is actually reversible and how I can figure that whole yeah. journey out which I'm so grateful for because had I not been diagnosed with that I probably just kind of would have kept it going down the same path and I have so much more of a deeper knowledge now around health yeah. and wellness and not just not just kind of being like the average well, that, blow, so, but really being healthy yeah really- so I, I do want to I do want to continue down like your story and your journey but like one thing that I want to point out there is like you as a person like so do you know where you learned how to like critically think like that to just not be okay with what somebody told you because that is yeah. you know one of the things that that we are like exploring heavily in the shit you don't learn in college book is like critical thought like that is something that you know back in ancient greece was taught like as a mandatory one of the three major pieces of what you had to learn to be a human being and yet most people are 
not critical thinkers anymore. They're just, if somebody tells them something, they just do it. Like it is, yep, okay, that's what my doctor said. So that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and, and I'm thinking about this now because I've never really been asked this question. So I never, it's a very interesting question for yeah. me. And I think, uh, I think part of it was definitely that I did have a little bit of an open mind because so my mom got typhoid fever and then chronic fatigue syndrome for years. So yeah. she had that for about 20 years when we were kids. And so she tried a whole bunch of different things. And so I think I was always like, I was raised quite healthy and we were raised, you know, with that in mind with the understanding that that western medicine and doctors don't have all the answers all the time yeah, yeah but then i think also it just didn't make sense to me like i i was 19 and i'm sorry if this is too much information but i'm open book like <laughs> I, basically with pcos one of the things that can happen is you just don't get your period yeah and so i just like didn't get it for it ended up being like four years but yeah. at that time i you know i hadn't had it in several months and i was like this just doesn't make sense and i was already going to chinese like an acupuncturist yeah. at the time uh, and he was, you know, even just talking to him, he was like, no, this, this isn't normal. Your yeah. body is meant to. And I think it was just me questioning and having that common sense of like, this just doesn't make sense right. to me. And the more and more that I went down that path, like I, even before that I had, um, glandular fever, which you call mono over in the States. And even that, like I got put on, we looked back the other day. It was, I hate to say this out loud. It was 10 rounds of antibiotics and like yeah. 14 months or something insane, which just makes me cringe but luckily you know I've done all the things now to help me heal from that but like I was put on so many rounds of antibiotics and, and my body just kept going down and down and down the hill and I was yeah. like this isn't like this is just making me feel clearly shit. this is not working yeah right. and I think also from nursing you know you'd see someone get put on one lot of medication and then another one to counteract the side effect of that another one to counter and it was all just convenience you yeah. know a lot of it it's like you know if you really actually dug in you can reverse diabetes like it's literally reversible and Sometimes I'll tell you that. Sometimes I'll tell you not. Like I know people who have healed from type one diabetes and they yeah. say that that's not, that's completely genetic. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but there's genetic expressions and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So I think I was really just always fascinated with that. And I just, for me, it was just like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. And I'm going to explore something different. Right. Um, and so I just, you know, I would encourage anyone to, I think maybe just from what I've, what I've seen and, and the, the health journey that I personally have been on, you know, I do encourage people just to question uh, yeah. and get, get different opinions, not just from different doctors, because here's the thing. I don't, I think there's definitely a place for Western medicine, right. you know, in the emerging emergency space and things like that. I think there's definitely a space, but I do think it's, it's overused. And I think we don't have the health and the, uh, sorry, the knowledge around our health to be able to actually make informed decisions. So we're looking outside for these decisions. And so I think I would just encourage you to question and to keep finding yeah. answers. And for me, I was like, I know this is reversible. I'm just going to keep going until I figure it out. Yeah. Um, so I don't so, know. So at, at some point we're probably have to going to have to yeah. do an episode just on yeah. like your health journey, I think. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, whether you have an autoimmune disorder or mm -hmm. like you mentioned type one, type two diabetes, like there's so many things that are actually preventable, mm -hmm. but not in, you know, what, what I refer to as like our, we don't really have a healthcare system much anymore. It's a sick care system. Like yeah, we take 100%. care of sick people, mm -hmm. um, rather than teaching them how to be healthy and mm -hmm. prevent a lot of this stuff. Um, so we'll probably have to dig into that yeah. another time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, so this sparks this desire for you mm -hmm. to dig into, uh, you know, some more Eastern medicines, some more alternative yeah. medicines. Walk me through that path. Yeah, so then I, I studied uh, Chinese medicine for a couple of years, and I loved it. Like, I really loved yeah. their philosophy behind it. You know, they, there's so many things I could dig into, and I really enjoyed it. But, again, I was like, I loved learning it, but I was like, 
you know, I don't want to do, I don't see myself having an acupuncture clinic for the rest of my life. Right. You know, freedom and travel and flexibility was always such a big value for me that it was like, I, I didn't want to be tied to like a physical space. Yeah. And so while I loved As it. As we I'm, talk about now that we're stuck with COVID, yeah. pandemics right? and all that stuff. Yeah. Your, your literal worst nightmare, but yeah. anyways. But wait, it's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, so I think that was... I enjoyed it and I enjoyed it for the learning, but I knew that that wasn't really what I wanted to do as a yeah. career. So, you know, I ended up at the same time I was really delving into, I just had a friend that, that was going through personal transformation. I was like, Oh, you, you've been like, your confidence has skyrocketed. Like your social skills have just been amazing and so many different things. And he was like, yeah, I've been doing this program. Like come along and join me. And yeah. so I started getting into personal development at the same time. And that really sparked for me, you know, maybe I want to do coaching. Yeah. Um, so I went down, I started studying, um, I did the Integrative Nutrition, Institute for Integrative Nutrition course, loved that, uh, and then got into your program. And yeah. that's when, you know, started building my own business and doing my own coaching. And um, from there, I guess, you know, when I met you, I think one of the biggest things for me was always, I loved what I was learning from a personal development standpoint, but there was limitations to what I was learning. It was very conscious focused around, yeah. you know, understanding how to shift patterns, but you're doing it from a very conscious perspective. And one of the things that you delved into really deeply that really helped me was really understanding the subconscious operating system a lot right. more. I mean, that's what controls 95% of our actions, right? So like yeah. really understanding, you know, how can we start to shift things and let go of things and move through traumas and all of that kind of stuff was fascinating. So yeah, then I kind of delved down that path. <laughs> I just kept going. And I think that's the thing for me is I was like, really just didn't know what I wanted. And I just kept following what felt right. And um, yeah, then I really delved deep into the mindset. And so that was when I started becoming fascinated with that. And, you know, and the power that your your mind can have on, on mm -hmm. everything, on your health, on your success, on all yeah. of those sorts of things. Um, so let's actually take a little take a little dip down that <laughs> okay. down that path, I think. Um, you know, obviously you have, you have worked on the subconscious mind. You, know, I like to refer to you as the, uh, the brain programmer, right? Like somebody, somebody programs a yeah. computer, unprograms a computer. Yeah. Uh, you're able to do that with people's brains. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and you've done it with hundreds of, uh, starting entrepreneurs, anybody from completely brand new to, you know, uh, six figure earners, seven figure earners, eight figure earners. Uh, you know, professional musicians, Hollywood actors. So you've, you've done it like up and down the line with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love for you to just kind of maybe give everybody a, a little bit of a snippet into like the subconscious mind emotions how, or, or, you know, how it works. And then obviously maybe some of the things that you've seen people really need to be aware of. Yeah, so I mean, we could do a whole episode on this. So I'll we might a snippet is is going to be hard, but I'll <laughs> give it a go. So uh, basically, the the kind of theory behind it is um, that we we have two different operating systems, right? So we have an emotional operating system and an intellectual operating system. Yeah, and or you know, right brain, left brain, with the left brain being that intellectual right. and the right brain being that emotional operating system or the subconscious brain, and so. So many of us nowadays, we really only work and operate in that conscious part of our brain yeah. because which you said is really only about five percent of our about brain. five percent of our brain, yeah. And that's it's just because, especially because this is that like left logical linear, so it, it makes sense to us. We know how to work it. It's you know, safe. It's, it's comfortable. Safe. We can control it. Like this is kind of where we're used to. And 
And um, so many of us are operating in this space, which is totally fine, but we're missing, you know, really what's happening is under the surface. Let's say I like to picture it like an iceberg. Yeah. You really have 95% of the, your brain that's actually controlling your actions and it's just kind of doing it on a whim. Yeah. So you have these beliefs, you have these patterns or you have these limitations or whatever it might be that, you know, you can't access because you're just operating in that 5% of your brain. And yeah. so while you think you're in control, really you have this like five-year-old you or something, which I can explain in a second, who's actually steering the ship. Yeah. And this five-year-old you maybe got left, um, I don't know, maybe your mom forgot to come and pick you up. And so you think that you're always alone and you have to do things always by yourself. Yeah. And so you can never accept help or you feel unloved or whatever. And so, these are the so because the five-year-old you got left alone on the playground... Yeah. The 30 or 40 or 50 year old you now yeah. makes decisions like they're still f afraid of being left alone. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, this is so just to, to kind of backtrack on that for people who've never heard anything about this. Basically, your subconscious mind is programmed by everything, whether it's, yeah. you know, the people that you're around, the TV that you watch, the podcast that you listen to. I'm um, so good job listening to this one. Um, yeah, so, keep well, it going. So keep it going, guys. Um, but everything. So like your, your environment, everything in your environment. Um, but really most heavily programmed from when you are younger. So yeah. the younger ages of your life. And so, you know, especially when you're, I hear a lot around that, like five, six, seven, eight, even a little bit long, you know, earlier, but that kind of age is, you're just a little bit more vulnerable. You're a little bit more susceptible to things. And so, you know, basically what happens is something as simple as that can really start to, it kind of just takes a hold. And then throughout your life, you gather evidence for this is why the way things are. Like yeah. I told you I wasn't loved or I told you the world isn't so safe. So you're strengthening or, this belief mm -hmm. that you created when you were five years old. Yeah. Or like I told you men are bad or, you know, women are weak or, you know, I always have to take care of myself or, yep. you know, I'm not worthy or whatever it is. And, and here's the thing is like when you, when you set your mind for something, you're going to find it. If you look yeah. for the good, you're going to find it. If you look for the bad, you're going to find it. Yeah. And so essentially what's happening for so many people is their the outcomes of their life and uh, everything that they're going for is really dictated by this subconscious part of your brain like 95 percent right. of your actions so we talk about it if like if you set a goal towards something let's say you want to i don't know earn six figures or you want to leave your job or whatever you want to find love and you're like great i'm gonna do this you're, you're setting that goal with that five percent of your brain yeah and yet what's happening is then you've got the 95 percent of your brain that you know says you were five years old and your mom doesn't love you because maybe you can't, she you can't, you can't achieve this. Mm -hmm. Like you're not loved. Mm -hmm. So that 95% of your brain is fighting you. Yeah. So that's kind of running in the complete opposite direction of your goals. And really, you know, the our subconscious brain is there to keep us safe. It's there to protect us. So yeah. in, innately it's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, it's that kind of primitive part of our brain. That's like, let's say, you know, back when we were cavemen, if you heard a bear, you're like, okay, I need to make sure that next time I hear that, I run in the complete opposite I, I don't go like, towards the bear. I don't go towards the bear. So it's, you know, innately it's trying to serve you because it's trying to keep you safe. But when you're trying to go after the things and goals and get out of your comfort zone, you know, your subconscious mind doesn't like that. So it's really about figuring out how we can align our subconscious beliefs with our conscious desires yeah. so that we can all be on the same So, so tell me, uh, obviously having worked with the full gambit of people, what's the difference between uh, you know, maybe subconsciously or, or mindset wise between somebody who's just starting off and maybe hasn't seen success mm -hmm. and let's say a, a, a seven or an eight figure earner. Yeah. Well, it depends. It doesn't matter what you're earning. Uh, to be honest, it doesn't really matter what you're earning or where you're at. It yeah. matters how much work you've done on yeah. yourself. Like I've seen people that, cause, cause here's the thing is like, and I, I, 
one of my pet hates is when people come like, you know, I've done all the mindset work. I don't have anything that I need to do. <laughs> Dude, until we always joke about this, like until you're levitating off the ground, like you got shit to do. Like everyone's got work to do because yeah. we're always being programmed by different things. There's different emotions that are coming up for us. Like, you know, you got to be humble enough to realize that there's always going to be different things come up for you. Yeah. I'm sorry, but there just is. So if you think you've done all the mindset work that you've done in the world, then you're, like you are severely, yourself, yeah. yeah, and severely limiting yourself. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the only difference is really, you know, what work, what type of work people have done and how committed they are to continuing to do the work. Like I've seen people who are just starting off have, you know, imposter syndrome. And I've seen people at multi-seven figures have imposter syndrome. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. I would say often the difference more just from like a conscious standpoint of someone who's successful versus someone who isn't is you're able to take action regardless of yeah. that, right? So, so we all have these fears. We all have yeah. these beliefs. But yeah. like the successful person can can have this belief but still take action 100% and still move forward yeah and here's the thing too is like people talk about mindset blocks I don't know I hate that word block because it's not it's like we're, well, we, we're energetic we hear, beings yeah we right? hear it all the time like oh I have a mindset block with xyz yeah and, and it's like number one that's not possible like we're energy I mean energy can can kind of get stagnant but but it's like if you say you have a mindset block, you're really limiting yourself and you just kind of you're almost, re you're almost reinforcing the block. Yeah, well, you just it's an excuse yeah. for you to not be able to take action. And it's like everyone has limiting beliefs, yeah. sure. But even if you have a limiting belief that I can't do it, you can still do it. Like if you go up in a plane and you're terrified of heights, if like you do this all the time, yeah. you're terrified of spiders. And you yeah, go up tell, and you're like, don't tell people terrified that. Um, <laughs> no, but every time, like, your belief is like, this thing's going to kill me. Yeah. And yet you still go and you get the spider out for me. Yeah. Like, it's it's not, so you can still take action in spite of yeah. these beliefs that you have in, in your brain. While at the same time, you can obviously still start to clean out the junk in there. So yeah. you could say. So speaking speaking of, of mindset beliefs and, and uh, or limiting beliefs and mindset beliefs, like I would love for us to go through our story of how we met. Mm. Um, because I think had you not done the work, and I'm going to give you all the credit for this because this is all you're doing. Like, I'll take it, I am, but I don't I am think the luckiest, so. I'm the luckiest man alive. I know every guy says that, but I'm the luckiest man alive for you having done the work and being able to do what you did. Um, because had you not done the work, the mindset work and the, the belief work, like there's no way that we would be together right now. Um, so could you, could you kind of, Start us down the path of how we how we actually met. I'd love yeah. for people to hear it. Um, well, I think I just want to preface this with the fact that because Did I'm everybody telling just hear her story, say preface? She's so cute. Say, I love you. We say preface. Um, you guys are cute. Um, <laughs> I want to preface this with the fact that you guys are getting the real side of the story because I'm telling it. So you're lucky here because... Yeah, debatable. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'll let you chime in, but you're actually getting okay. the real side of the okay. story. Um, so yeah, I guess... This was what 2017. Well, do you want to tell the start because you were sure. So, so yeah, this was back in 2017. I, I, you know, my business was just getting up and running. Um, and one of my good good friends and mentors, Craig Ballantyne, who stole my number one on the show, just saying, yeah, who, who did the, who did the first episode on <laughs> on shit you don't learn in college. Um, I was doing some accountability work with him, and the business was going really well. And one of the goals that I had for 2017 was to meet an amazing girl. At, at mm -hmm. that point, I had been single for maybe four years or five years. I've been doing a lot of self-development work. I've been doing a lot of personal development. Obviously I'd gotten the business going. We were growing pretty rapidly at that point. So everything business-wise was going really well. Um, and uh, I told him at the beginning of 2017, I wanted to meet an amazing girl. Come end of 2017, like end of October, beginning of November, um, I'm doing some accountability with Craig and uh, I'd just been to like three of my best friend's weddings 
in like four weekends or something like that. And I'm like, I'm telling them about how excited I am that they're all falling in love, that they're like, they're, they're doing all these amazing things and meeting the women of their dreams. And, and he just, uh, he asked me, he, he goes, Hey Xander, you know, you said that you wanted to meet an amazing girl by the end of 2017. What are you doing for that? And I go, uh, nothing. Cause I wasn't dating. I wasn't really doing anything. I was just so heads down focused on the business. Um, and then, uh, so he just sent me back two words. It just said public accountability. That's it. So I took this as the cue to go, uh, into my Facebook group, my public Facebook group, my business Facebook group. Uh, at the time it was about 2,500 people. And I did a Facebook live, uh, in a business group of a bunch of coaches titled help me find love. So I did a, fa I did a Facebook live and I said, uh, I, you know, I need to meet, I need to meet an amazing woman by the end of 2017. Um, I've got 60 days to do it. And if I don't do it, uh, like I will do whatever weird shit you guys can come up with. So I had droves of comments of just like, uh, shave your head, donate your car, dance on third street promenade naked, like all this crazy stuff. Um, and then you got to remember this is a group of coaches, right? So, uh, you know, what do coaches do? They, they, try and coach you even when you don't want to be coached. Um, so I had a bunch of people reach out to me and they're like, Xander, like you can't force love. You have to work on yourself first. Like, let me coach you. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, no, not right now. Like, this I've, been is, I've been working on myself for five years. Don't project your bullshit on me. Right. Like I, like I just need to get myself out there. Um, yeah. But then I also had a, a bunch of people reach out to me and actually like, say, Hey, like, I'd love to introduce you to my cousin or my best friend or my daughter or my sister. So I actually ended up going on, uh, a few dates. Um, but then there, you know, nothing really came from those, but then there was this uh, amazing Australian girl who reached out to me. Um, so I'll let you tell your side of the story from that point. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to rewind a little bit actually. So I, I don't know when this was, but I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I saw, uh, I was following Jack Canfield at the time and I saw him interview this guy and I remember seeing it and being like, you saw him interview this super sexy dude. Amazing. And I was like, this guy's really hot and he's got his <laughs> shit together and like his value, like just everything that you were talking about was just like everything that I was really interested in. And I was like, I want to get to know this guy. And this was Xander. And anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just to clarify, it was, it was you, okay. it was okay, you just cool. in case you want to. Um, and then I don't know what happened from there. Somehow, that was a few months prior to that. I don't know yeah. what happened. And then somehow I ended up in your Facebook group and I see him do this really adorable video titled yeah. Help Me Find Love, which I actually have, by the way. We need to watch you that found again. It? It's oh a my really God. cute video. That's embarrassing. Um, because that Facebook group's no longer there, but I got the video before we deleted Good. it. Um, but yeah, so I see this video and uh, I'm in Australia, Xander's in the US, and but I remember seeing this video and just being like, I need to get to know this guy. Yeah. Like it was just, just so many things that were that felt really in alignment with me. And let, let's be clear, I was not a person prior to this that would ever like I'd never asked anyone out. Yeah. I always considered myself someone who like flew under the radar. Like yeah. it was just never my thing. But I was like, I really need to get to know this guy. So yeah. I reached out and was just kind of like, hey, like I know this might be weird because I live in Australia, but like I'm really attracted to you and your energy and everything that you're about and you know would you want to just connect and yeah. let's be fair I think he said yes probably just because I was Australian and we connected yep. 
We hit it off. I think he fell more in love with my accent than anything. But I maybe. feel like maybe, yeah, maybe. yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I. Um, well, so one one thing that I want to point out though too is like you you reached out to me, but you also like there was a moment when you almost didn't reach out. Mm. Right. And I think that's kind of worth noting. So would you, can yeah. you talk about that for a second? Well, it was just the classic, like, I'm about to send this message and I'm sitting there like, this is where all the beliefs come up, right? Of like, Maddie, you're in Australia. He's in the US. Like, what is ever going to come from this? Like, yeah. this is probably like super stalky. Like, yeah. you know, just all that kind of stuff. Like, he's just going to think I'm in all the stories, all the crazy all the beliefs. weirdo. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? What's the worst thing can happen? And I just press send. Yeah. But, worst thing that's happened that could happen is he says I'm a stalker. And yeah. And I'm like, whatever. okay. Well, I have been stalking you, so that's fair. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I and it's just like all the things, right? Like, anyway, so there's all the stories going through my head, but I was like, you know what? I need to just do it. And so yeah. I press send. And, yeah, so we had a date, or I guess Zoom date is what you would call it, and it really hit it off, well, yeah. I, from my perspective anyway, at least. And then um, <laughs> we set up a second Zoom date, and I log on, and it's just like for all of you who now know Zoom, it's you sit in there and it's just like waiting for host to start the meeting and like 15 minutes go by and the host has still not started the meeting. So it uh, turns out Xander completely stands me up oh, and the man. host never starts the meeting. It's so not a, not a great way to start a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't think you knew at that point. I, I did not. Uh, but yeah, so he completely stands me up. And I remember just being, again, this was kind of like another point where I was like, Especially one big thing for me that we can talk about in a second that was like on my list of what I wanted in an, in a partner and in a man was like I wanted someone who was in integrity with their word yeah. and you know that could have easily been a quote unquote red flag. That you like, could have been like this, like yeah. He's and, he's not in integrity with his yeah, word. Like so many people are so afraid of red flags that I'm just like you don't know that that early on yeah. and there was so many different things for me that I was like of course I was like well maybe he just doesn't like me and yeah maybe, maybe he doesn't like me maybe he's just a dick. Maybe totally. maybe he doesn't keep his word, yeah. like, all of those things. Yeah, like, clearly if I was important, he would remember the meeting, like, all that stuff. But then at the same time, I was like, well, I, actually, I don't know. And maybe he just completely got the time zones mixed up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe someone died. Again, yeah, like, again, that's critical thought. Like, that's you yeah. just being like, I'm going to ask myself the questions that lead me down a better path. Yeah. Than, than just telling myself, like, oh, he's a dick. He doesn't care. Like, all of those things. Yeah, and I think we tell ourselves what we want to hear to keep us safe, which isn't always the best yeah. outcome, right? So. Yeah. I was like, you know what, I don't know, and I still want to get to know this guy. So I just reached back out and was kind of like, hey, like, not sure if you got the time zones wrong. And this was what? Was this like end of November, I think? End of November, beginning of, Dece- of November. Uh, December now. Yeah. And so at that point, you were basically like, I'm so sorry, something happened in your business. Yeah. I like, I, me and Joshua broke something <laughs> yeah. in the business and I was in like complete freak out mode. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did stand you up, but I, I swear I wasn't a dick. <laughs> I didn't mean to be a dick. He's not a dick. I promise. Yeah. And you're actually really in integrity with your word, but, um, which again, just kind of proves my point. It's too early to know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so you were basically like, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to connect before like Christmas. And it was kind of getting into that whole holiday season. And I just, again, was like, there was just a feeling and a knowing of like, you just have to get to know this person. Yeah. And I'm also someone that I just am not so funny, but like, I'm not for like internet dating or anything like yeah. that. I'm like, you either go and you, not only is person. this internet dating, this is cross, 
across the world, yeah, interglobal internet dating. Yeah. <laughs> yes, people talk about like long distances, like an hour plane yeah, ride. I'm like, yeah, nine, try, try nine like thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I was at the time. I, my dad was living in Dubai, and I was, you know, planning on going over and visiting him over the break. And I basically just messaged you and was like, look, nothing's gonna come from this if we don't like meet up in person. I'm heading over to Dubai to visit Dad. Why don't I just stop over in San Diego? Because let's let's pause that for a second. <laughs> I'm headed over to Dubai. Yeah. Why don't I just stop over in San Diego? They're right next to each other. Because they are right next to each right other. Right next to each other. They're right next. Just to like each a little. Like I basically just jump the plane. Whatever. I'll walk down the street from du- Dubai to San Diego and see see <laughs> over there. Take a quick bike ride. Grab a cup of coffee and then I'll be on my way to Dubai. Yes. So. Again, and then think this was just my, like, what's the worst that can happen? I think yeah. that's something that I've always had in the back of my mind is, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, if you move somewhere... Well, the worst that could happen is I could have been an axe murderer. You could have. Yeah, but I didn't think you were. Okay. You, uh, my, my mom about, about a 90%. A bit. Yeah. I, probably, I think... No, my brother, actually. <laughs> mom and I... Mom and I were yeah, really bad. Nick. And Nick was like, why didn't you get his address, actually? Can you like, just make sure I have his address before yeah, like, you go Yeah, just make sure. Mom was like, oh, that's probably a good idea. Because <laughs> her and I were both really excited. So, um... Anyway, so I fly over to, to, to San Diego. You were like, yeah, sure. Um, and I fly over and we meet on the 29th of December, which yeah. is my wrongdoing. I should have flown over like a couple of days later. So you had to do all of that fun shit. Yeah. But anyway, so we met 29th of December, two days before your goal. And yeah, yeah just really hit it off from there. So overall, the moral of the story for all of the coaches that said that you couldn't force love, you can't force love. You can't force love, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And I think there's so many, there's so many lessons in that around like what we talked about, like not getting stuck in your own head and taking the actions anyways. Um, you know, not like not prejudging somebody just because something happened, understanding that people always kind of have a reason why they act the way that they did. Yeah. Right. And like, you could have very easily told yourself like, this guy's just a dick. Like he, he does, he doesn't care. Yeah. I think right? the big thing for me was, was, um, I mean, I hadn't had a, a lot of bad experiences with men at, by any means like the yeah. last that I had was you know my my ex-boyfriend cheated on me and and still like obviously that was really hard but also at the same time like he's actually a really great guy and I yeah. like you know there was just so many things but I so I think the big thing for me that I've always been committed to is never bringing my past shit into new right. relationships because I think you know especially when you have these like these wounds and these like heart you're on high alert you're going to assume what it is that well like like you mentioned if you've been hurt by a guy in the past you're not going to bring that into a current relationship Mm -hmm. and assume possibly an amazing guy is that same guy that you were hurt by. yeah 100 and so it was really for me about understanding the thoughts that were going through my head by the way that goes the other way around gents like (laughs) if you've been hurt by a lady in the past yeah you're gonna assume that all women act that same no it's just men that are dicks women are (laughs) dicks Um, this is where we're all perfect. Um, yeah, but it was just, for me, it was like, it really, this lesson in like understanding that the thoughts that go through my brain aren't true. And I get to decide which ones I want to believe and which ones I want to take on. And that's really going to dictate. Cause like, had I been like, this guy's just a dick, we never would have been together today. And I, I think about that. I'm like, that's insane that in that single moment, like that thought that was just going through my head that was trying to keep me safe. Cause it's like, well, what if you were a dick? Yeah. Then I, maybe I would have gotten hurt. Right. But at the same time, it's like, had I listened to that, we wouldn't have been together. Today. It would have led you crazy. down a totally different path. Completely different path. Yeah. That's nuts. And I think one thing, one thing too, that you mentioned that I want to hit on as well is you, you, you keep talking about how like, you're like, 
I, I had this feeling I just had to connect with this guy. Like there was something there. Um, yeah. And I attribute that to, you know, both, both you and I actually uh, had kind of done our own little work separately. And we, we both had lists. Yeah. We had lists of what we were seeking in a partner. And I think having that clarity really, really helped us kind of know and the willing, you know, me being willing to let this crazy girl fly from Australia to <laughs> this San crazy Diego Australian and, and, stalker. and you being a crazy Australian stalker and flying to California. Right. Yeah. But like, t- tell me about your list. And, and I mean, everyone something. stalks everyone nowadays. Yeah. So I definitely was a stalker, but, um, yeah. So, so basically I had a four page list, a little bit more comprehensive than yeah. yours. Mine, mine was about like 10 or 12 things, Yeah. but it was like, it was 10, it was 10 or 12 things of like, these were the things that like I must have mm-hmm. in a significant other. Mm-hmm. And I was very clear on it. Yeah. So I had a list of like everything that I wanted in a partner yeah. and it was, you know, it was physical things. Like I wanted him to have, like have this colored hair or this colored skin yeah. or like whatever. I don't Between three and six inches taller than me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I was like, I was like, I want him to be like tan and dark haired and like all that. And it just, that was just like little stuff. But then also there was the, I want him to be really family oriented yeah. and, you know, I want him to... A lot of to, values, a lot of character traits. A lot of values, traits. a lot of character traits, a lot of... I mean, I even put down books. There yeah. was like a book that I put on there, The Way of the Superior Man, because to me that that was a value of, you know, understanding the masculine and the feminine energies within a relationship and things yeah. like that, you know, interpersonal development and all that kind of stuff. Like I really got... And it wasn't... I didn't sit down and write it all out in one day. I sat down and as things came to me, I added to my list. But I had a four-page list of like everything that I wanted. And, yeah. you know, just before we met, I want to say like a month or so, I was really reading through that pretty much every day. Yeah. Uh, and just really starting to feel that and get that image in my head. And uh, yeah, I mean, when we met, I think you ticked everything but like one or two boxes or something. Yeah. And I ticked everything but one of yours. I'm not blonde. Um, <laughs> kind of blondie brown, but not 100% blonde. Uh, but like, that's basically it. And I think a big thing about that was like, we were really clear on yeah. what we wanted and, you know, our values, I feel like are just so aligned and everything. But I think, just- you know, that's that because of that clarity, right? Like we were able to survive 10 months of, of dating long distance, yeah. 9,000 miles. We were able to, you know, like figure out how to move you out here to the U S like all, all the trials and tribulations that we had to go through, mm-hmm. you know, we were like, okay, like. We just have to do it because we know that we were meant to be together because we were so clear on it. Yeah. And I think the big thing that I, that I would also add is like, I never lowered my standards. Like I had a lot of people that I was like, yeah, like this is great guy, but it's not my guy. Like he's got only three and a half of the four pages. Not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. But like, seriously, I was, I remember just being like it, you know, I don't, and so many people would say to me like, that's, that's pretty high Maddie like that's a lot of things like you might want to just like compromise and I was like no like I'm not but that's see that's one of the things that I love about you so much is that you do keep such high standards yeah right like that's one of the reasons why you inspire me so much is because you you don't allow either of us to really settle for anything less than than both of what we're capable at personally uh emotionally mentally in our personal development in our uh business and every in our family like all of that And, and that's something that's something that I think a, a lot of people don't have. So, like, how do you how do you keep those standards for yourself? I don't know how people don't, to yeah. be honest. Like, it's interesting for me. I'm like, why? Because I guess I've always known and had a belief that I, I've created this belief myself that you really can have anything that you want yeah. in this lifetime. So why why are you just with someone because it's convenient? Or why yeah. are you just you know in that job even though you hate it, but you get I don't know good. 
like healthcare or something. Like, do you know <laughs> yeah. what I just, it has never there's made a, sense. There's a to lot me. of settling. A lot of settling. And I think I've always been someone that I've always believed that, that you can have everything you want. It's not always easy. Like, you have to yeah. figure your shit out. Yeah. It, it's definitely in not fact, it's, easy. In fact, it's never easy. Yeah. It's but, always difficult. It's all, you it's always a, have to put work in. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't care where you come from, what background you have. Like, we really all can have everything that we want in, in this lifetime. And so I think for me, I don't understand how people don't put up with that. And I guess it's just because I know that like, maybe it'll take a little bit longer. Like I was single for four or five years prior to meeting you because I was like, I'd rather be single and like doing my own thing and really focusing on myself than just be in a relationship that I'm an unhappy relationship. Yeah. Or one that's kind of like, Oh, it's, it's kind of good, but like, I'm not going to end up with you. Like I don't see the value in that. And so I think like, may take you a little while longer or it may be a little bit more difficult but at the end of the day it's like why are you compromising yeah. this i don't understand well, i think so much of that you know comes back to that what like we're talking about subconscious programming right mm-hmm. it's like if if mom and dad are telling you you got to be married by a certain age yeah. and you got to be you got to be married by a certain age and you got to be uh, you got to have the family and you got to do this and you got to do that if you're being programmed for that yeah um then obviously like that's going to be that's going to be that subconscious that even though consciously you want this thing subconsciously that's going to be the thing starting to drive the ship yeah 100 percent. but you know also on the other side of that it's like if you're consciously aware of really what you want yeah like that's the first step that most people don't even do yeah right most well now not only are you consciously aware of what you want now now if you're listening to this podcast you are also consciously aware that your subconscious is sabotaging you. <laughs> yes. So you really don't have an excuse anymore. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Well, Maddie, I think we're going to have to dovetail this into probably three or four different episodes after this. But one last question I always got to ask uh, for our audience. What's the one thing that you wish you learned in college? Or, or university, my bad. Yeah, there we go. Like, I don't U- understand uni. what college is. Uni. uni. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's a big one because there's just so many, so many things. Uh, but I think let's, you know, taking it back to the emotional operating system, I think I really would have loved to understand the emotional operating system. I would have loved to understand, you know, when I feel hurt or upset or mad or, you know, when my boyfriend cheats on me. Like, how do I process through that in a way that isn't creating a limiting belief or isn't really impacting my, my future? Like, how do I process through my emotions? How do I make sure that... you know, there's a belief that's coming up for me that I want to shift, that I can shift that to something that's actually more empowering. And I think we all go through stuff. It's all relative. Some people go through stuff that I would consider way worse than anything I've ever been through. And some people not. And and it doesn't matter what we're going through. It's all emotional and it's all relative. And we have so many things. Yeah. I think that's so important too, because you've worked with so many people that have been through, you know, crazy trauma and, and murder and like all these, they've been through like crazy, awful things, but the, the effect that it can have on the subconscious can be just as bad if you were just like you mentioned, like getting left at the playground from your mom. Yeah. And it's, it sounds so crazy, you know, to, to think about that, but it really is all relative to your experience, to what you've been through. And I think if we had the tools from a young age to be able to process through our emotions, we wouldn't have the the severe ball of of shit that we have now. That now it's like now that you're 20, 30, 40 years, you're just learning about this. You're like, oh, I've got a whole closet of shit to, yeah. to clean out. And so I think, yeah, really understanding how our brains work, how our emotions work, and how we can process through them, I think would have been valuable. 
Beautiful. Well, babe, I think we could keep you on forever, but yeah. I'm going to stop it there. Thank you so much for this. And uh, we'll make sure that we get some more of you in the future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, babe. Yeah, thank you. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. Thanks a ton.